Welcome everyone to another episode of Arthritis at Home. Today, on February 2nd, 2023, we're recognizing Global Rheumatoid Arthritis Day. And to join us in sharing the patient perspective around rheumatoid arthritis, or RA, is ACES founder and president, Cheryl Cohen. Cheryl, welcome. Thank you to be on World Arthritis Day or World Rheumatoid Arthritis Day. Um, many members of our audience and ACE subscribers and members will know that RA is the most common type of inflammatory arthritis. For people not as familiar with rheumatoid arthritis, one out of 100 people are living today with it. And that's almost 400,000 Canadians. It affects women more than men and there's no cure. So an early diagnosis and access to treatment is really, really critical. Cheryl, to start us off, maybe you can share with our audience today, what was the state of the public awareness around rheumatoid arthritis when you were first diagnosed 33 years ago? Yeah, so it would, there was very little known by the public actually, um, Kelly, all of the knowledge about rheumatoid arthritis really was held by the specialty physician community that treats it, which is known, they're known as rheumatologists. But at the public level, I'm embarrassed to say this is just as the internet was getting started. Um, it's not like today. I couldn't sit down at my computer screen in the comfort of my own home and search for rheumatoid arthritis and get pages and pages and pages of results, some reliable and a lot of them not in terms of their quality of information. I actually had to go to the public library where there was basically no information to be found. And what little information I could find in the search cards was behind the librarian's desk, Kelly, in medical texts. So not written in a language that was familiar to me to be sure. And when you found information out where the public could access it in a library, the pages that had rheumatoid arthritis on them, few and far between, were usually torn out because people were desperate, Kelly, for the information. There just wasn't any. Where I could find information on rheumatoid arthritis actually was at natural health food stores. And this, of course, wasn't to my benefit because a lot of things that were written about rheumatoid arthritis and available through these types of practitioners or, or retail outlets uh, wasn't necessarily science-based, meaning well-trialed through clinical trials in people like myself with the disease. So no internet, basically, very little information, if any, in public libraries, which is where we would go search out health information. Our neighbors certainly didn't know about it. My neighbors didn't know about it. My family didn't know about it. So basically, I was left on my own. And it was only because my family doctor was familiar with it. She was just a recent grad from medical school and just began practicing as a family physician and seemed to realize that, hey, this 27-year-old woman, me, who was presenting with inexplicably swollen joints, uh, that that wasn't normal. 
And so she sent me off for a test and sure enough, the test, but more the physical findings uh, sent me then to a rheumatologist. Oh, so it's something the public should know about. Certainly family doctors should really know about it, especially in the target population that it typically affects. Which is why today is so important because that mm -hmm. power of advocacy and education around a disease, certainly um, around awareness days or awareness months is really critical. So today is RA Global Awareness Day. And in Canada, September is Arthritis Awareness Month in Canada. So both of those types of activities are really important in terms of what you're talking about, um, raising the level of awareness amongst the public. Um, certainly over the past three decades um, with your experience, we've seen the rise of patient group organizations like arthritis consumer experts um, try, and I think in many cases successfully fill those gaps and void that you were describing and certainly ACE has many, many resources um, where people can get educated. Um, maybe this is a good time maybe just to point out to them if they are looking for information about rheumatoid arthritis or RA, where they might find it on our website. And then we have a really fantastic program uh, in the joint health education section of our website that is a six lesson, we call them courses, where there's a chapter to read, there's a little friendly quiz to take, and then there's a video to watch after that. So each lesson has those three components. And I would say, if you are just hearing the words rheumatoid arthritis for the first time um, and, and really struggling, uh, as most of us do when we hear those words from our family doctor or from a rheumatologist, uh, I'd really encourage people to take that course. It's, there's, no, there's no grade, uh, nobody, you don't get anything wrong. You can take the lessons in the order that you want to, but I think that's just a terrific resource um, uh, on our website. And it's based on a really large body of, of research. Um, so it's all fact-based. Uh, a lot of it comes from the patient perspective. Uh, as well as from the rheumatology perspective. So uh, I really encourage people to check that out. I'm wondering if you could share maybe some of the, some of those tips, some of those insights when people approach you and say they've been first diagnosed with RA, what, what are some of the things that you share with them that you've acquired over the years that you think are really, really helpful for people to understand? Yeah, you know, when I think about that question, Kelly, I kind of do this little filter in my head about the different stages in life in which one can be diagnosed, right? Mm. Uh, it, because the answer to that question actually really is different for, for where you are in your stage of life. Um, and of course, where you're at in your stage of disease journey. Um, for someone who's um, so 18 and older, that's when you are treated by the adult rheumatology world. Because remember, rheumatoid arthritis comes in a juvenile form, although it's very different disease. Um, it's called juvenile idiopathic arthritis. You're seen by pediatric physicians. But really for the person 18 years and older, so let's say finishing high school, Kelly, starting out in university. Um, 
what I've learned from the people who've asked me questions in that age group, because um, learning is a two-way street. I, I hope I've taught them something, but I always learn something from them is, um, it's a time in life when you expect to be carefree, right? When you expect to not have any limits in your life physically for sure. And your entire future is ahead of you. And to hear these words at that age it is really devastating because it takes you from this place of promise and puts you in this sort of, in, in their minds, this has been shared with me into this sort of older person's life because their body is treating them like it's 80, not like it's 20, right? When they're supposed to be out hiking with their friends and going out to house parties and going dancing and all of that stuff. So those are some of the really, um, I think in general challenges that face people at that during that time in their life when they're hearing these words for the first time. And my advice to them is um, try to shut out the, that noise that starts to happen in your head. And know this, that being diagnosed at that age, knowing what they can know from organizations like ours and others uh, that are doing you know, science-based knowledge translation or education work is it it doesn't have to run your life that you can have that same incredible future you've planned or that you've imagined for yourself but you've got to get smart about the disease right away and this message actually is the same no matter what stage in life you're diagnosed but i think for young people kelly who are given this news it's even more important because they haven't led any of that life yet, right? I mean, that was me. I was diagnosed when I was 27. And I just didn't have, there weren't people like me that were, that I could find out in the community because organizations like ours that are by, for, and with patients didn't exist back then. So, and now there's a couple of, of us and so I, I just want to say to people who are young, this is not going to change. This doesn't have to change your future plans. This doesn't have to change what you envision for your life. If you tap into the knowledge base that we have available for people, they get on it right away. They develop that support system, family, and close friends that are going to be there for them. But I would also say to them, not everyone's going to get it. Right, Not everyone in their peer group who are 20, 25, 30, they won't get it. Um, and then of course, the, that advice changes, as I've said, as you go along. Women who are in their early, late 20s, early 30s, Kelly, they immediately think they can't have a family because they've been recommended on methotrexate, right? So, but there's still ways to manage that. It's never a life sentence today, not with the treatments we have available. For people who are really established in their careers, it might mean they're gonna to have to think very flexibly about what they thought the rest of their career would look like. Um, and for people who are older, these are the golden years of their life. Those don't have to be taken away from them either. There are treatments that can help people thrive in their late, the later stages of their life. 
So I guess the common thread throughout all of that, Kelly, is optimism, right? Is, is getting smart, understanding what your life circumstances vis-a-vis -vis age are at that time, and then going after some of that decision-making with your physician um, in, a, in a kind of co-leader way, in a co-quarterback, co-leader way. It's not your doctor making decisions for you. With rheumatoid arthritis, it's you getting smart about the disease, you understanding as much as you can, and then taking decisions together with your care team. That's the successful recipe for life with RA today. So a lot of, a lot of lifestyle uh, analysis and questioning that's really important. I think yeah. you're touching sort of on that non-medication aspect of a person's uh, treatment plan, which is vitally important. But of course, so is the medication side. And certainly over the last 20 years, um, people living with RA, their lives have changed fundamentally because of the introduction of new advanced therapies like um, uh, biologics, both originator, biosimilar, target small molecule. Um, for people who are watching or listening today who are starting on uh, a treatment regime, um, what are some of the things you can share in terms of what the state is today and what it's, where it's going? Sure. So, you know, there was so much science being done uh, with and in people like me, as you mentioned, 20, 30 years ago. And science in the area of rheumatoid arthritis really skyrocketed um, when uh, Sir Tiny Maney and, and Mark Feldman, doctors who were the scientists that discovered uh, the first sort of molecule that became the first biologic. And um, that really revolutionized treatment, Kelly. But I wanna be very clear that at the same time, non-medication science was keeping a pace with the medication science. Like what is the science behind exercise in rheumatoid arthritis? So these, these two, this non-medication area and the medication area, they were tracking together. But the medication piece is critical because if you can't in the earliest stages, six weeks or earlier, try to do your best to arrest the disease process, like tamp it down. So rheumatoid arthritis is an immune system gone wonky. We have some clues as to why it happens, but as you say, there's no known cause or causes is probably more accurate. And there's no known full stop cure. But with the treatments we have today, we know we can get the disease activity down to bare minimum, and that prevents damage. So you can lead your life, you know, as though it weren't a part of your life. Um, so so this, this revolution that happened 20 years ago um, was a learning curve for patients, was certainly a learning curve for rheumatologists. They had to learn how to use these things. Fast forward to today, we now have a very large, what we call treatment medicine chest. But the staples today, the first decision, someone like me, my fellow brother or sister out there in, 
internet land who be, who's being told they have rheumatoid arthritis. Most important thing to start on is um, methotrexate, uh, what they call triple DMARD therapy, if it's, if it's indicated for them, right? Most people freak out when they hear the words methotrexate, Kelly. They go to the internet and they go, oh, it's a cancer drug. It is, but in way higher doses. Methotrexate is still the gold standard. It's generic. You don't have to worry about some of the high costs, uh, fussing with your insurance. Like it's really amazing medicine in rheumatoid arthritis. And it's also the safest. We know the most about methotrexate than any medicine being used today because it has been the comparator drug in all of the clinical trials over the last you know, 30, 40 years, including in biologics and targeted small molecules. So my number one thing to just say to folks is, please don't freak out when you hear the word methotrexate, have a good conversation with your physician. You know, the most common side effects can be well-managed. They're mouth sores. You can take folic acid with it and completely diminish those or, or eradicate them. And then if that doesn't work, you can't be discouraged. You have to try to stay positive because there's now this huge, as I said, medicine chest of other things to try. So as much as we know about rheumatoid arthritis, the treatment, both non-medication and medication, the one thing that is frustrating to people, Kelly, is it's still a bit hit and miss, right? We don't yet know why someone like me may respond well to a set therapy versus another person. So I would say the number one skill to apply to the medication management part of disease is you communicating what's happening to you on that particular medicine with your care team. How, how are you doing on it? What am I noticing for changes? Am I documenting them in a journal? Just even a bit, a bit of paper. It doesn't even have to be a journal journal. It can just be a scrap paper. Note what's happening to you because it's that kind of iterative process, that communication exchange with your rheumatologist or the rheumatology nurse is gonna help you fine tune the science that backs up all these great medicines today. Bit of a long-winded answer, but it's so important that people understand that some of the oldest drugs that we use or medicines that we use today are still some of the best to start with, right? This is a really hard diagnosis to receive. And there are professionals out there. We, you know, we, you, we know, you know, we've just done a pile of work in mental health and arthritis. We're just coming off of Bell's uh, Let's Talk Day. Depression, anxiety, um, things like that can be very present in the setting of rheumatoid arthritis. And so we are going to offer a link at the end um, that might help people. Um, uh, kind of try to cope with these things, uh, this information and this diagnosis, not just from a met through the medical lens, Kelly, but from the emotional and, uh, and psychological lens as well. It's okay to, to reach out for that type of care. Yeah. I did, and I'm so glad I did. And I still do today. I work on, you know, 
the things that are super important to me, which is my heart and my mind um, and my emotions. And I think that's one of the reasons I've, um, you know, been able to do well with my own disease. Yeah, I think it's it's been a consistent message on this episode where we're marking uh, Global Rheumatoid Arthritis Day, um, the power of education, starting with the patient themselves, because we always tell our patients and our uh, listeners and audience that they should be the captains of their healthcare team. To the and best the of their to, ability, yeah. Yeah, and the only way they can do that is keeping educated, and that's why we're here, and we're here for them to provide as much education as possible. And I think on a on a global awareness today for RA as well, how important it is that those patients are sharing their stories, not just with us, but with their family, with their employers, with their coworkers, um, sharing their experience and making sure they're doing everything they can to make sure the people around them are aware and as educated about their disease as possible. Yeah. So to all of you living with RA today, today's your day. We are here continuing working very hard on your behalf. And for everybody else also in the audience today, thank you for joining us today on World RA Day. And Cheryl, thank you for sharing uh, your life experiences and perspectives. Really, really powerful today. We look forward to seeing you again at Arthritis at Home. Bye-bye. Thank you.